the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Six o'clock hour, Bruce Hooley Show on a Friday. Hope you have uh, plans for the weekend that will withstand the rain, although I guess it might be a bit hit and miss for us. Hopefully uh, no flooding issues. Uh, My plans involve, uh, well, I need dry grass, Uh, not for golf, for mowing. So hopefully uh, we'll get some of that uh, tomorrow and uh, we'll see whether I can uh, get the plantation uh, taken care of or not. Uh, This hour, uh, we will talk about a supposedly top talent that may leave ESPN. And in so doing, I think follow others into the abyss of anonymity that often follows when they mistake their own star for the magic that is instead the platform on which they appear. Uh, We will also uh, talk about School issues and uh, wasting money in the state of Ohio, a lot of which is going on and how it does not pay to be honest. But first, I wanted to share a couple more details with you from the Washington Post editorial that our guest at 530, Corey DeAngelis, spoke about. And if you missed our interview with Corey, who is a fascinating and very talented young man who uh, excels in the area of private school, charter school, school choice issues. Follow him on Twitter, at Corey, and you can find that interview on the podcast page at 989theanswer.com. You're always free, by the way, to leave an after-hours comment for us on our regular studio line, 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. And uh, by way of addressing that, someone the other day uh, mentioned on the after-hours line, that uh, people at Mount Carmel Health Systems are protesting the vaccine requirement that they are facing, and if they do not get vaccinated within 90 days, they face job termination. Uh, They said, you haven't talked about it. A, I have talked about it. You just missed it, so that's another reason to uh, access the podcast, uh, as your time permits. But Mount Carmel can do that. They are a private entity, and I want to be consistent in my commentary about government entities and private entities. I spent a lot of time at the start of the show yesterday talking about the evils of Jen Psaki saying as the spokesperson for the President of the United States that the government is monitoring social media and alerting Facebook to take down certain viewpoints about COVID-19 and vaccines. Facebook is supposedly a private enterprise, and it can take those down if it wants to. I don't think it should, because as uh, 
Section 230 uh, offers it protections against being sued for crazy stuff that appears on its platform. I think as a platform, not as a publisher, Facebook shouldn't be in the business of deciding what goes up and what does not. But certainly Facebook should not be in the business of taking orders from the government. Now, Mount Carmel, erroneous as this view may be, has the right to insist that its employees must have vaccines. I think it's a horrible position for Mount Carmel to take. I think it's eminently disrespectful of its employees. And I don't blame its employees for protesting, and I don't blame its employees for leaving. I think Mount Carmel has been in CYA mode for a long time since the doctor got in trouble and is charged with murder. Uh, Mount Carmel chose to uh, go scorched earth and fired a bunch of people who had absolutely nothing to do that with that situation. And Mount Carmel has been exceedingly punitive in its treatment of those people, who, again, had nothing to do with it, including nurses. What is a nurse going to do? Say, oh, a doctor told me to prescribe this, but I don't think that, I think that doctor's crazy. I'm going to go against his rules. You can't have a chain of command in a situation like that. So Mount Carmel has been way over the line of propriety already, and this is just another instance of that. But I have talked about it. I do support your cause. I just think they do have the right to do it. You can't stop a private entity from making bad decisions. Now, as it concerns this Washington Post editorial, uh, Democrats uh, hate students. They will tell you, oh, we're all about the kids. Uh, the ones we can't abort, by the way. Uh, but once a kid gets in school, um, they don't care about you. They care about fattening the pockets of the teachers union, the American Federation of Teachers. Uh, the National Education Association, and uh, the NEA doesn't care about kids. Here in Ohio, the head of the NEA is a guy named Scott DeMario. Come on the show, Scott. Let's have a conversation. Um, He is (laughs) defending the teaching of critical race theory in schools. Um, And he's trying to stand up for teachers who he says will be targeted by angry parents and school boards. First of all, I don't know any school boards who are uh, moving on this until they're absolutely forced to at a glacial pace by angry parents in their districts. But this uh, Scott DiMario, president of the OEA, is talking through his hat about uh, about a situation that doesn't exist yet. He admits that none of his teachers have been targeted for teaching critical race theory. I hope the state of Ohio does do what, what state was it? Oklahoma. They're not only putting teeth into not teaching critical race theory, they're threatening to pull a teacher's license if they teach it. Bully for them. Bully for them. My kids drove through Oklahoma on their way back to Ohio. They said, Dad, Oklahoma's beautiful. That's just another instance of why Oklahoma's beautiful. Yeah, pull their license if they're going to teach kids that they're inherently racist because, uh, or, or inherently oppressed because of their race. Uh, And it's funny to hear these schools deny that they're teaching it when the verbiage of what they are teaching screams critical race theory. For instance, at Olin Tangy, (laughs) Olin Tangy says, we're not teaching critical race theory. Oh, no, 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 no. But they say they have adopted an, you ready for this? Equity and inclusion plan that included 
requiring more professional development for teachers focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion, which would ensure a, quote, accurate and inclusive curriculum. I think that set a world record for the use of the term inclusive in one sentence. And, as if that's not enough, they would create elective courses related to diversity and cultural awareness. Uh, Subliminally, as I read that sentence, I think there was a little voice whispering to you through the radio, CRT, 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 CRT. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what CRT is. We're not teaching it, but we're teaching equity and inclusion and diversity, equity and inclusion and accurate and inclusive curriculum and electives related to diversity and cultural awareness. Crazy. I mean, they really do think you're stupid that they try to masquerade it that way. Um, so anyway, Olin Tangy, woke board, and the parents are on top of it, and hopefully they'll get it stopped. They're doing it in Pickerington. They're doing it in Hilliard. They're all bought in on liberal leftist nonsense at Upper Arlington. They've been beaten in court at every turn in Upper Arlington on their what's the right term? Um, no sex bathrooms, no sexual designation. Their bathrooms are all gender. Oh, that's probably hateful. I could care less. <laughs> They've been beaten in court at every turn, and they keep going back to court spending their own district's money. Egregious. The superintendent should be fired. If they had a board that had a backbone, they would. Hopefully in the election, two of those Arlington board members will be put out to pasture. And they'll get two conservative members on that board who will do the will of the people. Here's how schools should work, folks. Students answer to teachers. Teachers answer to principals. Principals answer to superintendents and administrators. Administrators answer to the board. And, uh, not done yet. And the board answers to parents. The board answers to parents and now parents are engaged and they need to be engaged in washington dc this is the editorial about the washington post took me a while to get there i said i would i finally have uh this school choice program in washington where think of this the average annual income for parents participating in the school choice program in washington dc last year the average annual income for parents was $23,600. Would you like to try to make ends meet in Washington, D.C. for $23,000 a year? I wouldn't. So there were 11,000 of these scholarships given out so D.C. kids could who went to crappy D.C. schools could go to better schools, charter schools, private schools. 92% of those kids who received those scholarships were African-American or Hispanic and 91% of them who graduated went on to college. Sounds like a successful program, right? Getting in the hands of people who are needy and who can benefit from it. Do you know who's behind this? A Democratic mayor of Washington, D.C. Do you know who has tried to end this program? 
Barack Obama when he was president, and now Joe Biden. And now Joe Biden. Instead, they want to end that program, but, 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 they support a program which makes $40 million in tuition assistance available to kids who want to go to college. Well, that's great if your kids are graduating from high school and want to go to college. But you know what the eligibility limit is for families to access that $40 million in college tuition assistance? It is available to families making up to $515,000 a year. So Democrats want to end the program that offers school choice to parents making twenty three grand a year, and they want to make tuition assistance available to families making $515,000 a year. So who are they serving? They are serving the teachers' unions, and they are serving their wealthy donors. They are not serving the poor, disadvantaged students in Washington, D.C., but they're Democrats, so they'll tell you they are. And that's why you have to read, research, and look into what they're saying. Because if their lips are moving, they're lying. Six twenty-four, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along on a Friday as your weekend begins. A little, uh, a little moist out there, but uh, looks like it's clearing up at least where we are here in uh, North Columbus. Uh, did you see any extra money in your bank account? Uh, yesterday, if you are a parent and you have children and you make less than $75,000 if you're a single parent or less than uh, $150,000 if you are married, uh, then you should be getting $250 or thereabouts for every child under the age of 17 that you have. It is the precursor to universal basic income. The Democrats will tell you this is just simply an adjustment of the child tax credit. But remind me again of a government program that put money in the hands of voters and then was later taken away? Uh, I can't think of one. Perhaps you can. Uh, So far this year, you will get that check uh, adding up to what was the child tax credit before, which was 2000 before. Now it's 3000 per child. If your kid's under five years of age, the child tax credit goes to $3,600. And it's not just parents. Uh, if you're the person who claimed the child on your tax return, then you get the cash. Grandmas, grandpas, brother, sister, family relative, whoever. Whoever, you get the money. Now, here's what I would suggest. I'm not saying that you tell the government I don't want your money because that's your money, my friend. The government has no money except the money that it takes from the taxpayers. So you should take that money. But you should do something with it that the government does not want you to do with it. And that is put your kid in private school. Because that money will likely help you if you're In that situation, you're probably at the level where you can get an Ed Choice scholarship. And so look hard at that. Or here's also a great idea. How about homeschooling your kid? Now, the younger they are, the harder it is. I get that. But uh, it will keep them from being taught by teachers like 
this gentleman. His name is Drew Ramsey, and he is a teacher, I believe, in the Cincinnati area. Uh, he writes an editorial that the Columbus Dispatch shared with us. Oh, boy, thanks. Because, of course, they did. It was liberal, leftist, and those are the only kind they ever run. Uh, Mr. Ramsey writes that uh, he learned his history from white teachers and white historians, and it took until he went to college and was, you know, of course, brainwashed by a liberal professor that he realized how flawed his education was. He said, I wanted my students to analyze educational resources like the 1619 Project. The 1619 Project was written by Nicole Hannah-Jones of the New York Times. It won the Pulitzer Prize, should have won it for fiction, because historians have found repeated mistakes in the 1619 Project. Now, here's my question on the 1619 Project. Her contention is that America was founded with slavery as its backbone, that it was the reason why America was founded as a country in 1619. We were not a country in 1619. We were an English colony. We were not a country until either 1776 when we declared our independence from England, or 1783, when we actually won the Revolutionary War. So the 1619 Project blames America for 150 years of slavery when we were not a sovereign colony or a sovereign country. So her assertion is stupid, and this editorial from Drew Ramsey is stupid. Uh, because he's protesting against the bill that hopefully will be uh, passed into law in the Ohio General Assembly that wants to stop the teaching of critical race theory and its principles. He says, The proposed legislation erases the historical contributions and hardships of black, brown, indigenous, Asian, and immigrant communities in Ohio, denying their rights to be fully represented and respected in our history. Now, I don't know where Mr. Ramsey went to school, and I don't know what he was taught, but I know where I went to school, and I know when I was taught. And in the 1970s, I was distinctly taught in my little tiny country high school that slavery was a very bad, ugly period in our history and that there were many uh, laudable characters in history, like George Washington Carver, like Frederick Douglass, like Booker T. Washington, who were black. So this myth that CRT should not be taught because it... It attempts to gloss over or eliminate the teaching of slavery is a lie. I was taught about lynchings. I was taught about all the bad things we did. And I think my, my assumption is kids are still taught that. And Mr. Ramsey says, our students know that systemic racism exists. Really, really, how do they know that? That's a factual statement with facts not in evidence. So these are the lies that they tell, and uh, this is why we need laws, like the Ohio General Assembly is attempting to enact, and I hope they do so when they reconvene.